Blog Talk Radio. Intersections Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. We and our guests discuss relationships and health and wellness, each of which contributes to meaningful and fulfilling lives. This is Jess Bina, your host. I'm a former practicing lawyer and the founder of Intersections Match, the only national matchmaking and dating coaching company focused on singles of South Asian descent in the country. I'm very excited to welcome writer, life coach, and speaker Sarah Shofidi to our show tonight. Sarah's work has appeared in national publications such as Psychology Today and the New York Post. During today's show, we'll be discussing Sarah's memoir, Dating by the Books, one blundering singleton search for love in the self-help aisle. We're in Sarah Chronicles, the time she spent following the advice of various dating guides to see if she can find love after six years of swinging and missing on the New York single scene. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Desbina. It's great to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to be uh, to have you, and I thoroughly enjoyed reading Dating by the Books. Um, so tell me, what led you to write this book? Well, you know, I had been um, dating for a long time. It felt like forever, and um, kind of just coming up with the same results. I was okay. having a lot of um, just kind of shorter-term relationships and just kind of felt like I was banging my head against the wall with the whole dating thing and, and really was looking for a long-term committed relationship and, and marriage. And um, basically on my on my 33rd birthday, I realized, wow, it was actually my ninth birthday without a boyfriend. Um, I had had, you know, boyfriends in between, but never actually on my birthday. And so I made a resolution shortly after that that next year would be different. And so I embarked on a mission to find out sort of what I was doing wrong and how I could fix it and how I could um, really find someone who could be a long-term partner. And I gave myself a year to do it. And the plan that I devised was that I would start reading these different dating and relationship advice guides and take that advice because, um, you know, I tried a lot of other stuff, therapy and, um, and coaching and, uh, you know, blind dates and online dates and the whole shebang. And <laughs> and none of it had really worked yet. So I was really, I just got really committed to, to changing what was going on and, and finding a partner. Excellent. Now you mentioned how you um how you read different books and it was a was it a um a book a month that you were uh striving for, is that right? Is that what it's yes. called? 
Yeah, okay. that was that, that's right. That was the plan. It didn't always go exactly according to plan, but that's the structure that I was more or less following. Okay, well, wonderful. So then, um, given all the books you read, I'm curious: were there any common views expressed by all or a you know, significant majority of the dating self-help guides you read? And you know, if so, you know, what are the top ones? That um, that you found expressed over and over again uh, by the guides, if any. Yeah, no, absolutely. There were common themes. Um, you know, most of the books have the the number one thing is love yourself, um, and it sounds very um, sort of basic and cliched, but that's really really what is what needs to come first. Um, and then there were all sorts of different sort of tips and techniques. Um, you know, a lot of the books said keep a first date short. You don't want to be going on one of these marathon, like, four-hour dates when you first meet someone. Um, it's kind of like both people are nervous, and you just mm-hmm. want to keep it short and ask a lot of questions, um, get a lot of information, don't reveal too much too soon. It's, this is not the time to talk about, you know, your – your sister's death or your your divorce or, you know, anything that's going on for you legally or health-wise. You know, it's it's really a lot. They all said um, be sure to keep it fun and light and avoid heavier topics such as exes, politics, religion, anything that depresses you. Um, there was um, – there was a, there were a lot of rules on like using the phone and texting because that's so much of how people date um, at this at, in this day and age, and so there were you know for the, the books were primarily geared towards women, so I can really only speak for um, what they were saying from my perspective as a reader, and they were saying things like you know. Um, you don't have to return every phone call, but also, like, don't keep a guy waiting for days and days. You know, just striking that balance between, um, you know, being enthusiastic and interested but not so overly eager. Um, and, and that was another key point is that, you know, I think a lot of women have this notion, myself included, before I embarked on this project, that men will just come after you. <laughs> um, he'll, he'll see you from across the room or across the produce aisle, and he'll be so moved he will come and talk to you. And, you okay. know, sometimes that happens, but really um, what a lot of the book said was start, start getting responsible for what you want to create and, like, go talk to that guy or smile. You know, don't expect it's this is not the – they really encouraged women um, to not be passive you know, also not overly aggressive, but not to sort of sit back and wait for the man of their dreams to be deposited on the doorstep. Um, so it was a lot about body language and how you can draw attention to yourself in a way so that a man has a reason to come talk to you. Um, but it's really about being an active participant in the in the dating and mating game rather than, than waiting, which is, I think, um, how a lot of women have been taught to go about courtship, and that's really changed. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's empowering, actually, to know that there are things that you can do to be more approachable and to kind of um, 
sort of grease the wheels for a guy to approach you. I think sometimes, I think that's interesting because I think sometimes, you know, like you mentioned, I think um, women sometimes feel it's sort of the guy's job to do that and um, to come up. But I think sometimes, um, you know, a lot of us as women, we, we kind of forget how, or we maybe don't realize how um, sort of vulnerable that makes guys. And um, so it's anything to sort of ease that for guys just enhances your chances of the guys you'd be interested in, um, you know, coming and approaching. So I think that's, I think that's interesting. I think that's great. I'm really curious. I, you know, I appreciate there were a lot of common themes and common views. I'm wondering, given the, you know, breadth of books you read, any sort of polar opposite perspectives or really differing perspectives expressed in some of the different guides by some of the different authors and experts you read? Mm. Hmm. I'm kind of just going over. You know, there really wasn't a lot of uh, well, there was one I read. <laughs> there was one okay. I read that was, for for the most part, you know, the books, they have a lot of similar common themes. Um, there was one I read called um, If the Buddha Dated, and that one was different because that one was really about bringing, like, a spiritual consciousness to dating and relationships, which, as you can imagine, is very different from someone who's just kind of giving you a roster of of advice. Um so so that one was was actually um very clear that it did not have specific rules for men and women, that it was really much more about being being awake, confronting your fears, um, sort of peeling off the masks of yourself so that you can have an authentic relationship. And that's very different from what the um, prototypical kind of classic dating book author is going to tell you because um, the, the, the dating books usually, uh, honestly, they, they invite you to kind of manage. It's actually really a game of managing how people are going to perceive you and managing some of your, um, the things that you say. And, um, you know, a lot of the, the books talk about how um, they don't explicitly say this, but it's kind of almost like a job interview when you're first going out on dates. And, you know, you don't want to give away the farm. You want to say enough. You want to be pleasant. You want it to be short and sweet. And that's very different from, you know, what if you're dating from sort of on a spiritual path um, that's all about authenticity, that's, that's a very different message. Well, that's interesting, and it's interesting because you had, um, you know, as you'd mentioned that, you know, the majority of the dating books mentioning sort of, um, you know, self-love being sort of a, a great starting point for, um, you know, for really, you know, that search for a life partner, and it seems like, you know, based on what you're saying and then based on, you know, the, um, you know, what, what I read um, of uh, your um, your book, it seems like the if now if the Buddha dated is a book, right? It seems like yeah. if the Buddha dated almost gives the gives some tools to be able to um, to arrive at the self love. Is that am I is that right? Would it would it be helped in that in that way? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, you know, they had exercises. I, I don't remember exactly because it's been a while since I read it, but um, they had exercises about sort of. Um, 
making uh, making peace with your past. Uh, but you know, a lot of the ex- a lot of the books had stuff like that. It was just couched in different terms. So, for example, like Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker, who is about as far as you can get from a Buddhist. Um, <laughs> she, she would say stuff like, you know, um, go through your past five X's and figure out sort of <clears throat> what you learned, what you loved about them, what you didn't like. The the Buddhist book would just kind of do a similar thing but much deeper. Um okay. and going and going back much farther, you know, making peace with your all of your past, your parents and the various sorts of um um anger or grief that you may be holding on to from your childhood. So it just was really a lot more comprehensive than than some of the other dating books that I read. Interesting. Now, Sarah, your great sense of humor comes through in your book, sort of loud and clear. And I'm wondering, I'd love for you to share with our listeners one or two of your funniest or craziest dating stories during this, you know, year-long journey you took. Okay. Or Or even from the years prior, even from the years leading up to your deciding to make that resolution, and maybe maybe even more so then. But um, yeah, any any um, any stories you can share? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm about to share share a whole lot of them, so why not, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. During this actually falls in nicely with one of the um, one of the main tenets um, of the books, which is don't spend a lot of time on the phone. <laughs> with your with, yeah with someone who you've just started dating um yeah i would say you know one of the main characters in the book um i i basically have what i call a phone relationship with him it's not yeah. actually a, it's not actually a relationship because we barely ever see each other we live you know four or five blocks from each other in the same neighborhood and yet he is like we just keep talking on the phone and talking on the phone and talking on the phone for hours and hours and i i went out um on new year's eve with him and then for like the whole month of january like i was sick he was sick and we just keep talking on the phone talking on the phone and the danger there is really that um you know patty stinger actually has this line where she says women fall in love um yeah women fall in love between their ears Men fall in love between their, I don't know, maybe it's legs. I don't want to botch the expression, and I might have. But basically, women fall in love between their ears. So when you spend a lot of time talking with someone, you actually form, like, what feels like an emotional bond. And it actually it brought me back to, you know, being, like, 13 years old <laughs> and spending all this time on the phone with my first crush because we couldn't actually go out. And and it was just it set up this really like weird awkward thing where i thought we were much farther along in like a, a quote unquote relationship than we really were and so when he started to get dodgy and pull away i was like whoa what the heck's happening here so that's really more of like a a cautionary tale for for women to be really cautious about um spending a lot of time on the phone like just go have dates if a guy is spending a lot of time on the phone with you, um, there's something going on there. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, it's, it could be that maybe he's seeing other people. It could be that he um, 
has a barrier to intimacy and like just helps him keep that in place. But it's it's suspicious. So um, yeah, don't do what I did and spend a month on the phone with someone and think that you're like headed somewhere, <laughs> only to find out that you're not. Well, I think that's a really compelling insight, you know, especially in um, sort of the world of online dating where sometimes, you know, your first interaction might be via phone. And especially, you know, I know since we have a nationwide practice and we have, you know, we operate with a niche clientele of South Asians, we are making introductions for people in different cities, you know, right all the time, basically. And so, I, you know, I always say, you know, meeting sooner rather than later, even under those circumstances, and not, like you said, you can easily develop an emotional, you know, attachment, devote a lot of emotional energy to, uh, like you said, a phonation, a relationship that you had mentioned, it's, it's, you know, yeah. and um, so I think that is really compelling. Um, now, of all the you know, dating self-help help guides you read, um, you know, wondering which one or ones resonated the most with you and, and why you think that is? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, gosh, I kind of, you know, in a way, I, I I almost fell in love with each guide, um, with a few exceptions. Um, okay. I, you know, I loved the first one I read. It was called You Lost Him at Hello. And that one was coming at dating um, using sales techniques, which I thought was so interesting um, about sort of, attracting attention to your product <laughs> by, um, you know, wearing eye-catching accessories. And it was all about sort of icebreakers and qualifying the buyer and closing the sale. And it was really it was really neat. And I, I just have a special place for that one because it's the first one I read. And it was written by, um, you know, a woman in her early 30s who I could really relate to. Um, you know, um, I liked the one – there was one written by um, – a, a guy named Steve Santagati, which that's called the manual. And I loved that as well. I read that about halfway through. And that was such a refreshing change because it was written by a man. Um, so I really felt like I was getting like the inside scoop behind the scenes, you know, inside of a guy's brain perspective wow. that, that I was partially getting from the women because they're very savvy, but it was missing that extra, you know, just that extra bump in knowledge from, you know, simply being a man. Um, You know, some of them, interestingly, actually scared me more than helped me. (laughs) Ah, okay. Tell me about that. There was was, um, one called, with the frightening title, Why He Didn't Call You Back. And um, it's it's still a great book. Like, I don't mean to disparage the book in any way. It was still helpful. Um, But she lists out, this woman actually interviewed um, Rachel Greenwald. She interviewed a thousand men over the course of like five or ten years and Mm -hmm. found out reasons, like the actual reasons why men didn't call women back. And it was scary, you know, to really, in in their own words, hear how small the things were that mm-hmm. the reasons were why they weren't calling men back, uh, women back. Um, the Dr. Phil book, A Love Smart, you know, I wasn't so into that one. Um, I would say Patty Sanger stands out because she, I find her hilarious. Um, 
And, you know, there was a, a Diana Kirshner. She um, she wrote Love in 90 Days, and um, I actually met her. And she was, you know, had a big influence and lots of really positive, helpful things to say to me in person that really helped me. So, um, yeah, those are those are kind of my favorites. Well, wonderful. And you had mentioned um, the manual, I think, by Steve Santagati. Tell me, um, tell me this one, and I know it's been a while, so definitely don't want to put you on the hook on this, but any of the, as you said, you you, know, you kind of felt you were sort of getting into the guy's brain. Any any particular insights um, that you want to share with our with the female listeners on the line in terms of in terms of getting inside the guy's brain or any kind of aha moments or anything like that um, from that book? Yeah. Or? I wouldn't um he 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 said a couple a couple of interesting things that other books didn't say which was um he had this technique called the aggressive then back away which okay. um which was kind of like a woman going up to a man and saying something really flirty and almost quote unquote aggressive like you know you're cute here's my number and then walking away so she's not ah. hanging, yeah, she's not hanging around for a conversation. She's just kind of making her presence known and then leaving. And um, he said that that was, you know, one of the biggest turn-ons that he'd ever had because that woman was really confident. Um, and what else did he say? Oh, he also said um, it was important to, like, change up your communication pattern with a guy and always kind of keep him guessing. So, you know, don't always use the phone. If he if he calls you, text him back. If he, you know, emails you, call him. Like, change it up just to kind of keep him on his toes. Um, so a lot of it was about um, kind of managing uh, or, or adapting to a guy's need for, like, excitement and variety and to feel like, he doesn't. He doesn't have you yet. Interesting, and that almost that whole um, you know um, the whole thing about you know walking up to a guy, saying something, and walking away. I mean, that's almost the ultimate of what we initially were talking about in terms of not sort of waiting around, waiting to be uh, uh, you know swept off your feet from across the room, but sort of letting a guy give him some indication that you'd welcome you know, engaging him and him, you know, making some effort to engage you. So that's almost the, it sounds, strikes me as almost the ultimate of that in a, in a cool way. So that, that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. Kind of yeah. Go ahead. There's, there's one other thing that, that not, that he said, and also some of the female authors said, um, there was one, uh, Sherry Argoff who wrote Why Men Love Bitches. And, and Steve said it as well, that guys actually want, um, they want you to give them a little, uh, I don't know if I can say it on the radio, but a little. Go ahead. Go ahead. Anything goes. Go ahead. Guys want you to give them a little shit. They okay. do not want, they don't want someone who is passive. Um, this mm-hmm. isn't to say that they want someone who is argumentative and things like that, but if a like a guy um, is actually can actually be turned on by a woman who's just really sure of herself, really stands her ground, teases him, gives him a little shit, you know, about maybe I don't know his um, his his waistline or his uh, you know uh, I don't know just teasing him in some way that mm-hmm. actually um, is appealing to guys um, because. 
what they what what guys don't want is a woman who's just going to kind of lie down and be available whenever and take anything that he dishes out but not give it back. Ah, okay. So again, coming back to sort of you know the whole confidence and being someone who loves yourself and is self-assured. So it's um, it's interesting how that it's something it all sort of does come back to that in an interesting way. Um, so now I know I'm putting you on the spot to you know, and uh, nevertheless, I couldn't help notice the you know the, the many references you have to um, to Indians in your book, and in some ways that's not surprising, just given you're based in this in New York City, and there's so many um, Indians and South Asians there. But I thought this would be a great opportunity for our listeners, you know. Many of whom are South Asian, not all of whom are, but just to hear your sort of unedited, unbiased just impressions or just impressions based on your personal experiences dating or just observing um, South Asians in the dating world. So Yeah, um, that's, you know, a twist that's great. Yeah. That's great. I actually, um, I didn't realize the connection, but, yeah, totally. Um, I... You know, I don't have a lot of experience dating Indians. I've just always um, found them just really beautiful, um, met both the men and the women. Um, you know, I'm like fair skin, blonde hair, green eyes, and like I just, I just find um, just visually like the coloring. I just, it's gorgeous. I just find Indians gorgeous. Um, in terms of dating, you know, there was, I only dated one. I went out on one date um, with an Indian guy in the book. Um, so I don't have a ton of insight on what they're, they're like um, to date. Um, I just know that almost all of the Indians I've, I've ever come in contact with, they, they exude kind of a brightness of spirit that, um, that's, that's noticeable. That's remarkable. Um, Indians I met in college, I had a few roommates, and and they're just, I find them very vibrant and um, fun-loving and, you know, usually just very well-educated because that is, um, I know that's important within the community. So yeah, there were definitely some moments, some moments when I was like, I should, I should just find myself a beautiful, like brilliant statistician Indian. <laughs> I just thought, you know, I have to ask this question. Well, Sarah, it's been such a pleasure. I appreciate your sharing your insights with us, and they've been, you know, really interesting. I wonder if there's any last thought or take-home message you'd like to leave our listeners with. Yeah, there absolutely is. Um, for all of these tips and techniques, what it really came down to, like, I, it's not about that. Like, there are some things that you can do to kind of shift how you're being in the dating world. But it's first and foremost, it's about becoming aware of how you're sabotaging yourself, getting responsible for those patterns and those habits, and then changing them so that you don't make the same mistakes over and over again. You know, I, I got all this advice, but that's not, uh, you know, I'm convinced that's not really what made the difference for me. What really made the difference for me was becoming reacquainted with my value so that I would no longer even tolerate some of the things that I was tolerating in dating 
Um, and that is when, you know, when I started really getting in touch with my own value, my joy, my well-being, things that were important to me, and actually took my focus off finding someone, that's mm-hmm. when I met my fiancé. Wow, what a great way to end this. Congratulations. And um I love that getting in touch with your with your value. And I'm um, you know, so would you like to share your website with our listeners in case they'd like to, you know, reach out to you? What's the best way for them to do that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's um it's www.sarahsarahs.com. As in Sam H O W F as in Frank E T Y dot com. So it's just my name dot com. And they can also reach me at datingbythebooks at gmail dot com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Desdina. I had fun. Thanks for the opportunity. Wonderful. And in case you joined us late, would like to share this show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com. Appreciate your hanging out with us, and do email me with topics you'd like discussed in future shows. You can reach me at justbeena at intersectionsmatch.com. Make sure, of course, to join us for next month's show. Have a great uh, day, everyone.